Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hope you guys aren't too hungover, too tired, too beat up from a good day of football and family and food and drinks and all kinds of wonderful stuff. Um, let's get into the games. You know, we... Uh, I urge you to, we're going to talk about all three games from yesterday, and <clears throat> I'm going to pick games of the remaining coming up, coming up for the week. Um, I urge you to check out the rest of the Locked On Network for more in-depth analysis on your favorite or least favorite or divisional rival teams or whatever, but Minnesota lost a tough one to Detroit. Huge playoff implications. This division is really the Lions now to win. Um... And they're playing pretty well. I mean, I don't know that any team in this division is, quote, a playoff caliber team. But the Vikings didn't have digs. That's huge, I think, for them. I, clearly, he's their best offensive player. You know, yeah, Bradford aside, or including Bradford, whatever. He's their best offensive player. Um, Thielen's a really nice player. And, and clearly, Brad, Brad, or Bradford has a rapport with with Kyle Rudolph and those two guys were targeted 21 times in this game um both the offenses came out really hot quickly cooled down especially Stafford and I sent a text you know real early in this game a tweet real early in this game saying I think Stafford's the best thrower of the football in the entire league you know every time you watch him it's just wow I mean all the different arm slots and variations he can throw from and the velocity and the touch and off balance, in balance, whatever. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, Really no running games to either one of these teams. You know, they both teams came out pretty hot, quickly cooled down. Um, Stafford started the game very hot. And then, you know, the Vikings D is still quite good. I mean, and gave them a lot of problems. And then he finished the game very hot. And the, could have been the difference, except for, you know, obviously a huge play by Slay that we'll get to. Um, and he really distributed the ball well to all three of his receivers. Really nice showing by Anquan Bolden. He's been a quality pickup for them. Tate Jones uh, picked on Waynes quite a bit. Uh, that, that's disheartening for the Vikings. No Eric Ebron at all. I mean, I started on my fantasy team. He had caught zero passes. I mean, that shocked me. I mean, I, I was really impressed with how he's playing going into this game. I'd have to dig in further why he didn't end up on the score sheet. You know, I mean, that was a little shocking to me. Um, similar offensive philosophies, similar, not the same, in that there's a lot of short passing. They don't have running games to lean on. The Lions have a better offensive line. They have a better quarterback, better weapons. Um, but, man, the Vikings... I read something today that this was the lowest average depth of target like in NFL history or something by Bradford and company. Unbelievably short. And they were still pretty efficient with it in their passing game. Um, Bradford completed a really high percentage of his passes. Uh, but this, 
that's a hard way to win, man. I mean, if you can't drive the ball down the field ever, and they never took shots, and everything was right at the line of scrimmage or two, three, four yards from the line of scrimmage, and I get why they're doing it, and they've changed philosophies to some degree uh, since North Turner's moved on. They don't push the ball downfield as much, and that fits Bradford, that fits their receivers, and very much fits their line. It's just so hard to win that way. It's hard to sustain long drives time after again. Lions defense is playing... I would say the best of the season. You know, they were really rough for the first two months or so. They're much healthier now. They tackled really well. Okay, give up the catch, tackle, put them on the ground. Um, you know, Slay had that gigantic interception at the end of the game. He's a very good player, healthy now too. Kind of a bait coverage where Bradford misread it, uh, went off Treadwell, and you know, and that's again, this is such a tough, you know room for error there if you every game's going to be close if you're minnesota you can't you're you're struggling to manufacture offense in any kind of running game with wildcat and Cordero patterson on end of rounds and things like that and you got to do it i mean that's good coaching but they're, they're they're playing shorthanded you can only ask so much of that vikings defense so the lions win yet another after losing in the fourth quarter, which is unbelievable, they're the first team in NFL history to have each of its first 11 games decided by seven points or fewer, which in the end means they're an average football team. And that's probably good enough to win this division. And their defense is getting respectable at the right time. So I think they will win the division. Dallas is going to win their division. And this was a really good game. Dak Prescott... Didn't put up gigantic numbers or anything, but I would say this is as well as I've seen him play uh, late in the game too, which has really become some a, a clear trend with this guy. Is he's really good when it matters most, but so is Cousins. I mean, Cousins' numbers are unbelievable, but he went 14 out of 16 for 150 yards and three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He played, I mean, th- those two might have been the best two players on the field. I mean, as well as Cousins plays, it blows me away. And, and Dak, too, don't get me wrong. I, I No one saw this coming from either. Cousins is unbelievably hot right now. Huge game from Jordan Reed. It looked like he was out for the game with that bad shoulder injury. And, and Cousins kept throwing deep, you know, still. Crowder with a big play. Huge play from Deshaun Jackson. Their weaponry is really, really good. And I'm going to write an article about that today. Uh, taking, keep an eye out for that on today's pigskin. Uh, really long day from Anthony Brown, though, in Dallas, the secondary. He got picked on relentlessly. Uh, of course, Dak was great. Dez and Norman had a good battle. I would say Dez got the better of that. Another big game from Elliott. Uh, the, they opened pretty, pretty consistent holes. And, and, you know, Washington's run defense still has some problems. I mean, they were one of the weakest areas of this game. Um, and, and Prescott found Elliott against their linebackers and Dez and you know, uh, Beasley. I mean, consistently found places to go with the ball. So some of that's on Washington for sure. Dallas ran the ball much better. You know, it wasn't the ideal ripped to Washington to stick with their running game. I thought they could have more success with their ground game than they did. They didn't stick with it a whole heck of a lot either. Um, and Washington's defense missed too many tackles. You can't do this against this team. And it, and it happens. I mean, Elliott obviously is a very good tackle breaker. Not to mention the uh, 
how much stress that line puts on you over and over as the game goes on. Dallas is really, really hard to play against, and their offense is arguably the hardest offense to play against. But Washington was right in this. I mean, this was a very winnable game from the Skins, and I think they end up in the postseason. To me, they're a better team than the Giants. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Before you lies a beautiful meadow. In that meadow, Progressive Direct has placed its auto insurance rates alongside those of competitors. You select the lowest rate and feel a great sense of calm. A great sense of calm. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates so you can rest easy. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Last game of the Thanksgiving slate wasn't all that competitive. I think all of us wanted to see Andrew Luck in there. Um, Steelers scored touchdowns on their first three drives. <laughs> Uh, it was a little more competitive than you, you would think, though, if you were just casually watching or just kind of following the box score or checking out your fantasy team or whatever. Because the Colts had two long drives on this game that basically ended up right there on the goal line to punch in and ended up with zero points on both of them. I mean, that, that's rough, man. They lost Vernon Davis, their starting center, Kelly, a starting guard, Robert Mathis, and T.Y. Hilton this game and didn't have luck to begin with. And they still hung in there and had a respectable showing and Pagano with the, the, the fake punt and, you know, trying pulling out all stops. Cause he knew he had to do that. Um, but still Tolzine, I thought he played fine. He, he, he took a lot of big hits, mostly against blitz. The Steelers blitzed a lot again in this game, second straight week. Didn't play terrible. He had two bad interceptions in the second half. Uh, he was plagued by drops, too. Hilton dropped a ball that should have been a touchdown. There was five or six bad drops from them. Um, Mike Mitchell was playing a lot, of, making a lot of big plays in this game, too. A lot of the Steeler rookies were getting time. Their first three draft picks all played quite a bit and are showing some promise. But even like when the Colts were down, you could tell that they had no urgency or hurry up in this, you know, the, the Tolzien wasn't equipped to do those things. You know, they're playing real slow and methodical and long drives and, you know, the clock's just eating away as in there, you know, with the loss. Steelers played really good run defense. You know, obviously the, the, the Colts lost a starting guard and a, a good young center. Gore had really nowhere to go. Um, you look at the Steelers offense and Ben played really well. Um, Bell was incredible again. Antonio Brown was unbelievable. Uh, there's a bit of a concern, though, that they're really reliant on those three players. That they need Sammy Coates to get over this hand injury to at least, you know, be able to catch a ball a little bit and get some deep presence. They did take a shot to him. Ladarius Green made a couple plays, and they're gradually getting him more involved. To me, those are the two wild cards that could make this offense really good to elite if one of those two or both those two can peak as they're going down the stretch and green can get acclimated. Uh, that's huge for me. Uh, I mean, and Ben was attacking these guys deep and outside the numbers, big throws, you know, you don't see as much of that in the NFL anymore. Didn't, didn't get pressured much at all either. I thought the Steelers O line was exceptional against a lesser foe, obviously. Um, but they, they were really good in the run game. Ben didn't get pressured. Uh, there was a point in this game that the Colts were were in it and, and could have made some noise, and but they were 
more or less overmatched, you know, from the start, and you got to feel for him with the injuries as well. I mean, that, that's brutal. So, all right, so that was a good group of games. Uh, we have another good slate coming up here as well. Uh, where are we here? We are in week twelve. We got three in the books, and we got the Cardinals going to Atlanta. This is has a chance to be a really good game. Maybe a massive shootout. I think a huge key, and I don't like Arizona's offensive line at all right now, but can Freeney and Beasley and Jarrett and those guys, can they get to Palmer? I mean, he doesn't evade pressure or move in the pocket well at all anymore, and his protection's bad. Questions around the receiving game. Um, I tend to think they will in the Dome. I also think that the Cardinals' defense is a tough matchup, though. You know, I mean, you're going to see Peterson on Julio. I mean, that's like Ollie Frazier. I mean, that's as good as it gets. I mean, that's phenomenal. And will they be able to run on Arizona? I don't know. I don't know. So maybe the more I think about it, the more I think that there will be lesser points. You know, that this these are two potentially big offenses, you think about it, but Arizona's is struggling. And this is a tough matchup for the Falcons' offense. So... At home, though, I still think Atlanta is clearly the superior team to the Cardinals. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta on this one. We got the Bengals going to the Ravens, which still has major AFC North ramifications. Steelers won yesterday. That puts a lot of pressure, especially on the Ravens. I tend to think the Bengals' season is over. Ravens are they're going to eliminate the run game. And without A.J. Green, without the threat of Geo out of the passing game, can Dalton and Eifert and Boyd and LaFell do enough through the air against a still quality defense, pass defense? I tend to think no, especially in Baltimore. I bet Baltimore's offense starts to kind of get on track and they run the ball pretty well. Maybe a big play or two by Wallace or Perryman. Uh, I like Baltimore to handle this one, but they never beat anybody by two touchdowns. I mean, I would bet this is a close game. Um, the Ravens are better on special teams. I tend to think Flacco is going to play better going forward than he has in the past to this year, and uh, we'll see. I mean, these two off, these two teams are hard to really wrap your head around right now, especially the Ravens because the Ravens are they muck it up like I always say. They play good defense, they play good special teams. They, they fight and bite and scratch in the, in the offense. Uh, we'll see. But I like the Ravens in this one. I mean, without A.J. Green, the Bengals are a dramatically worse football team. Jags go to Buffalo. Maybe we see Sammy Watkins. I haven't heard news on that. I'm excited he's one of my favorite players to watch. I, I think we're going to see McCoy. Um, can Jacksonville's defense slow these guys down? Yeah, I mean, I do like Jacksonville's defense. I mean, I don't trust this team on the road at all. I don't trust Bortles on the road at all. Uh, could be some weather. Uh, does, does Jacksonville run the ball against Buffalo? Maybe. I'm not super impressed with Buffalo's you know defense right now. Allen Robinson should get matchups to his favor. You know, the passing game should be there. But do I trust Bortles? No, man. I mean, Buffalo's better at the Jags. They're at home. They have the better quarterback. I would say they're better coached. They have a better feel for who they are and using their talent. I like the Bills in this one. Um, Titans go to Chicago. Bears are dreadful. I mean, Bears are now in Niners-Browns territory. They have nothing. They have no weaponry. 
They don't have a quarterback. Secondary is troublesome to begin with. I think the Titans are going to have the ball all day. And maybe it'll start slow for them against a good Bears front seven. But I think by the fourth quarter, they're ripping off big runs. I could see Mariota having another big day. Those, those receivers that are stepping up could make some big plays. Because I just don't like the other side of the ball. I mean, the Bears have the ball. Titans rush the passer pretty well. And they have some holes in their secondary. But who's going to exploit it for Chicago? I mean, Chicago's too bad. Which brings me to this game. The Browns are too bad. I mean, I'm not sold on the Giants. I think they can fade without a running game as the season goes on and the weather gets worse and all those things. But against the Browns, I mean, I don't think the Browns can beat anybody right now. I mean, they're really that bad. And I like the way that the Giants defense is playing, especially their secondary. I think the D-line is gradually getting better, too. Browns allow a lot of pressure. I could see Vernon and Pierre Paul having big days and breakout type games. I don't have a lot to add for this. I just don't see where the Browns win this one. All right. Chargers go to Houston. And I've been an Osweiler basher, but I think that was the best game he's played. And I think there's some optimism around the offense, which has been amongst the worst in the league. Still a well-coached, talented defense with Clowney and a good secondary. They're at home. I, I trust O'Brien to get more out of Osweiler in the passing game and the offense in general. But I, said, I, I think San Diego's clearly the better team. You know, that I, I'm saying some somewhat promising things about Osweiler, but... I give you a lot more promise about Philip Rivers and Joey Bosa, Ingram. You know, I, I think Osweiler's going to be under pressure. I would think the Chargers should have some success on the ground. I expect a, a very close game in San Diego. I'd feel better about it, but I don't feel like either one of these teams has a massive home field advantage. I don't think people dread going to Houston or certainly to San Diego. Chargers should be able to travel with a you know decent running game. Although I don't like their offensive line all that much. It's okay. Uh, their weapons are okay. I'm thinking this is like a 24-23 good battle of teams that are not quite good enough. Niners go to Miami where I think they'll get smashed. And Jay Ajayi might run for 200 again. Even though Miami's offensive line's a problem. So maybe I shouldn't get too far ahead of myself on that. I like the way Tannehill's playing. I like the way Parker's playing. Landry's a constant. I don't think they're going to have a hard time moving the ball at all. And I really think Miami's pass rush slash, you know, D-line dominates this game on the other side of the ball. I mean, these, these teams, you know, Cleveland, Chicago, the Niners, Jacksonville, there's just it's, it's gotten to the point of the season where they're just non-competitive basically I mean they've been hit by injuries like everyone else and they don't have the talent to make up for those things a weak roster looks even weaker and you know there's a lot of things to exploit I would think Kaepernick's under a lot of pressure obviously the huge key here is can the Chip Kelly offense run the ball consistently and I think Hyde's healthy and I like Hyde a lot we haven't talked about him a lot but I like Hyde quite a bit I wish he would have he was in a different situation um, but in Miami, no. I mean, Miami wins this game. Rams and Jared Goff go to battle Drew Brees and the Saints in the Dome. 
That in itself sort of leans towards the Saints. Breeze in the dome against Jared Goff. I mean, I know quarterbacks don't play against each other, but I'm putting a chip on Drew Brees on that one. Um, can they block Donald and Quinn and those guys? It's going to be a struggle, there's no doubt. But I think the Saints will have the ball a lot. I, I, I kind of look at this game like, if this is, and I say this probably six or seven times this year, that if this is the game, Todd Gurley controls the, the, the whole flow of the game and goes for 150 and a couple big plays and Goff manages things and the Rams can create a few big plays on defense, they'll be fine. But that's asking a lot, man, against a better Saints team than they are the Rams team. The Saints offense scores on everybody. They can attack you so many ways. Their offensive line's pretty darn good. Breeze is still a stud. Um, I think this one's not real competitive. I mean, I hope we see more out of Goff against a not-so-great Saints defense, but uh, baby steps. And the way they handled him in the first game, I don't see how any way he can keep up with a Drew Brees-led offense. Seahawks go to Tampa. And I've been burying Tampa for a month now. But give them credit. They, they have a few wins that you didn't see coming. I am a big Winston fan. Martin looked good this past week. That's a huge key for them. They need that consistent move-the-chains guy, take shots off, play action. But Seattle's defense is really good. And the other side of the ball is just a nightmare for the Bucs. I mean, their secondary against Baldwin and Graham and how Wilson's playing right now, I think Seattle scores a lot of points in this game. Their offense is really humming right now. I don't trust the Bucks D at all. Yeah, it's in Tampa, but that doesn't matter to me in this one. I, I think Seattle just rolls in this one. Uh, we got the Panthers at the Raiders. Carolina is not running the ball like you would think they are. Their offensive line's been down. I don't know if Khalil's going to play. I don't think Keekley's going to play. The Raiders have more talent than them. They're at home. Cooper and Crabtree and Carr against the Panthers secondary. I like the Panthers D-line. Don't love it right now, but I really like the Raiders O-line. I think they run the ball. I think Carr stays protected. I would think Khalil Mack causes a lot of problems. Um, you get a guy like Joseph. I mean, Olsen could do well against Joseph and the linebackers. Okay, that's fine. But the you know even the Panthers receivers are big guys that are bad ma- or good matchups for the Raiders. You know, Raiders have big long corners that, that struggle with Odell and Antonio Brown and quick guys, but they handle, I think they'll do fine against Benjamin and Funchess and Ginn and those guys. So I, I don't see a matchup in the, the Panthers' favor here. Struggling to find that. Uh, I like the Raiders big. I like the Patriots big over the Jets too. The Jets are in shambles. Um, maybe LeGarrette Blunt doesn't dominate this game, but I just think Brady... With or without Gronk, just picks these guys apart. Maybe you throw a ton, Lewis, Bennett, you know, the receivers, dink and dunk, control the game with Drew or with Tom's arm. Uh, and the Jets offense, there's just not much there to write home about. That I would imagine we'll see Butler on Marshall. Uh, the rest of the Jets receiving core is a problem. Can they run the ball on the pay- Patriots? Maybe a little, but again, I don't see a great matchup here either. You know, this one really favors New England, especially when they have the ball. Um, can that 
Jets D-line play up to its capabilities, which it hasn't lately, and, you know, rattle Tom and get instant pressure, maybe, but I don't see it. Uh, the Sunday Nighter should be very, very good. Uh, the Chiefs at Denver. I think if it was in Kansas City, I'd take the Chiefs. I think Denver has a nice home field advantage. Quarterbacks aren't asked to do a lot. Defenses need to make a lot of big plays. Can Spencer Ware have a big game? Keep Denver in their base personnel? Run the ball? I think he can. I absolutely think he can. Can Kelsey cause problems? Absolutely. Um, but I look the other side of the ball, too, and think... And I also look at the protection of the Chiefs. I mean, I think protection is going to be a problem. I don't think they'll push the ball downfield a whole heck of a lot, but I still think Smith will get hit plenty. Don't trust Denver's O-line and running game, though. So, I mean, if they're forced to throw, if Kansas City can make them rather one-dimensional, and they very well could, um, Simeon hasn't been terrible, but that's not his formula, obviously. I think the Broncos receivers could do pretty well against those corners. But, man, protection's going to be a problem for Denver. It's going to be a real problem. The uh, more I think about this one, I think the matchups favor Kansas City a little bit. But it's in Denver. I kind of just have a more of a trust factor after Kansas City just lost to Tampa Bay. This is a really difficult game to pick, but I'm going to take Denver at home still. I could see very few points, though, the more I think about it. a lot. I mean, these pass rushes are going to be a big problem. A big problem. Last game, Packers at Eagles. And this one's interesting, too. Because, like, you look, at the, you look at the Packers' defense. They're letting up so many big plays that you have to take deep shots against these, you know, second-rate corners. And the Eagles don't do that at all. And they don't have the receivers to do it. They don't have the offensive philosophy to do it. They're you know, managing a rookie quarterback. And the weapons aren't there. And you don't really want to run on Green Bay. I mean, you want to attack them. you got to be aggressive against that defense. Will Philly do it? Will they unleash Wentz? If so, he might have a big day. But I don't know who his receivers are that do well. I mean, Ertz has become the number one. Matthews is, a, is just, just a guy to me, basically. Green Beckham, especially Aguilar, or blah. On the other side of the ball, they've had some tough matchups, but the Eagles' defense has been not, has been slacking lately. It's not been as good as it has been in the past. I could see Rodgers having a real big day. A real big day, you know. And Detroit just won that game, and it looks like their division, you know, they're in control of that division, which they should be. A Monday night performance, though, of Rodgers throwing like crazy could sort of change the perception of who the Packers are and what the, you know, who the team to beat is in the NFC North. And I kind of think that's what happens, you know, that I don't know that this Eagles offense is able to exploit the Packers like they should be exploited. You know, it's just not the right coach, quarterback, and especially weapons right now in the stage of that team's development. Eagles on Monday night is a tough place to play, but I think Rodgers handles it well. I think his, you know, Adams, Nelson, Cobb, uh, Jared Cook's got a lot more involved. Uh, that those guys should beat up on the Eagles' corners, and the Packers protect well. So I like Green Bay in this one. I like Green Bay. I just think that, and I can make the argument the Eagles are the better team, but I think the matchups are very much in Green Bay's favor. And I could see Rodgers 
lighten things up on a national stage. Cool. I know we went over those kind of quick, but check out the rest of the Locked On Network, Locked On Eagles, Locked On Packers, if you want more about those games. Drop me a note on Twitter anytime, at WilliamsonNFL. We will reconvene on Monday. I have my 25th uh, high school reunion tonight. And then, you know, a, a weekend of family stuff and football after that. Um, we will talk Monday about all the about the game recaps. So that is a wrap, my friends. Take care. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17